Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. How's everyone doing? Praise the Lord. You look great this morning. Again, what a beautiful day. Uh, and I know Pastor uh, Nick is not here this morning. We want to certainly continue to remember Amanda in prayer. But as Anthony was sharing in the announcements, um, just thank you so much. Many of you have been bringing the food, and we're putting those boxes together this week. Also, some have already been giving toward the food that Victoria and Andy are participating in. The Buffalo House, and I know some of this may be the first time you're hearing some of this. That's fine. There's a lot of different ministry, a lot of different opportunities going around. It's not that we're trying to do everything, but we're just trying to do the few things we can effectively. Um, even during fellowship, um, Dr. Bucci said, hey, I just got a text from a friend from the Bible study that the men have on Thursday mornings, and he wants to know where he can drop off two turkeys. <laughs> so just there's a lot of turkeys here, Amen. I'll let you sit on that one for a second. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's talk about Thanksgiving for a few minutes. Now, I know I was thinking about this during worship. When, when I talk about Thanksgiving, there's a lot of people that like, hey, we know all about Thanksgiving. We've been at church for a long time now. But in our grace group this last uh, six weeks, we wrapped that up last week, um, it was pretty interesting because about the second time we were meeting, I just sat around the room and was looking around the room at how many nations we had involved in our group. Um, we had a family from South Africa, family from Cuba. Um, I'm a redneck. We had a family, we had a family, um, who else did we have there? Somebody in my grace group helped me. Philippines, yes. So, I mean, when I think about that, it's important for us to talk about Thanksgiving because not everybody comes from a culture that celebrates it, all right? Now, I know they're thankful, but let's just talk about this for a few minutes. Um, first of all, we know that um, they say the first Thanksgiving was around 1621, right? the pilgrims. We all know that story. We've seen the children portray the, the act, and we know there's a turkey involved somewhere. But... But here's some of the bottom line things that are happening there. It's, it's very simple. They were just glad to be alive. They were celebrating the harvest. Um, the group that celebrated there were tremendously outnumbered by the Indians that were so friendly. But we know that there were only about 50 to 54 pilgrims that had survived the original journey. And here's what was more interesting. I didn't know this till recently. There were probably only four women that were there besides the native women that were there. Because almost 78% of the women that traveled there in the beginning had perished. And here's what I'm saying. Hard times, giving thanks. Hard times, no entitlement. No, we deserve this. Thank you, God. Well, by... <clears throat> By the 1700s, George Washington now turns it more into a, a national day where when a battle is won, 
or when a victory is taking place, primarily Gettysburg, he, he finds, no, not Gettysburg, I'm sorry, he, the, the first wars as they're becoming and separating themselves, they find themselves giving thanks for victories. By the time Abraham Lincoln makes it a day, the fourth Thursday in November, by the time he makes it a national holiday, it is to back up. Now, we know there's a lot of different things that are involved, and I'm not here to debate what you do for Thanksgiving. Because by, by the time this week is over, you're going to have way too much turkey. Uh, and by the way, the turkey's not what makes you sleepy. It's all the other stuff you eat with the turkey that makes you sleepy, right? But we're going to eat too much. Mm. We're probably going to eat too much. You're going to watch some football. There's going to be a lot of sleeping. But here's the bottom line. We, we say that we're pausing to say thank you. My, my concern is we don't. Okay? Now, I'm not, I'm not lecturing you this morning because here's what happens on Thanksgiving, uh, sometimes around Christmas, sometimes on Father's Day, everybody leaves feeling like I'm the worst Thanksgiving person there is. You know, I, I don't ever give thanks for anything. That's not the point of this message. I really want you to understand it should be something that we should be expressing and living out every day. I mean, the, listen, you can Google Thanksgiving, and from scriptures to psychologists, they'll tell you the importance of gratitude. The mind-changing effects that gratitude has, but it is an intentional move. You don't just become thankful when you feel like it. That's the easy part. It's like, it's like being committed. You're not committed when you feel like it. You're committed to something whether you feel like it or not. So gratitude is something that I have to be very intentional about. So now what does that look like? Let's look at this very familiar passage for many of you in Luke chapter 17. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And let's just read this. I want to read through this and we're going to break this down for a few minutes. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met there by ten lepers who stood at a distance. They lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they were cleansed, and as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, I just want to talk just for a few moments just about the fact that you can be touched by Jesus, you can be healed by Jesus, but you, without gratitude, will never be well. Now, I usually don't throw on my outline like that right up front, because then all of us become theologians and we fill in the blanks by ourselves. But let me, just, let me just break this down a little bit to you. First of all, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, probably for the last time. Anywhere he's gone, there's been phenomenal miracles. So now he's taking a different route. 
But as he's taking these route, these 10 lepers see him from a distance, the Bible says. Now, that's important because if they were lepers, it should have been no other way except a distance. Because a leper understood you were an outcast for a reason. A leper understood you had nothing to do with the community for a reason. Leprosy, is a, it was a deadly, still is a deadly disease without the right medicine. Deadly disease. It had visible signs. And when those visible signs begin to be seen, people would immediately discharge you from the community. Because it could wipe out a community. So what is this leprosy? Uh, modern day physicians might call it Hansen's disease. It's, it's not so much a disease that attacks the outer part of the body and then works its way in. It's actually a disease that attacks the nervous system. Now, some of the signs you see from it is that, and I don't mean to be too grotesque, but you'd rather hear this today than Thursday. But if you had this disease, some of the initial signs would show up on your face, maybe an earlobe or an eyebrow, because what was happening is your nervous system was becoming um, desensitized, almost like it was under anesthesia. It can no longer feel. So if something was bothering you, you would feel like you could brush it away. But if you couldn't feel that, you might brush it so hard, it would scar your face. They say that, that it could get so bad that when this doctor who discovered Hansen's disease went to several poor countries to discover the development and how it was lived out, he would literally see people not even thinking about it, but walking on glass because they couldn't feel it. Or using shovels and, and their hands would be blistered and bloody, but they didn't even realize it. And see, what happens then is your hands become infected. Or the bruises and the, the cuts in your body become infected. And it just destroys the body from the inside out because it, it cannot feel. It can't sense something's going on that needs to be protected. Therefore, they move that person outside the community because when that spreads, now no one has any feeling on the inside and anything could go on the outside. So they kept them separate. But these 10 call out to Jesus. Maybe they had heard about his reputation. Maybe they had heard the Messiah has come and, and good Jews know what to look for, they think. So they're looking for the Messiah to come and heal and deliver and set free. And this Samaritan, we don't know his story originally, but what we do know is he was hanging out with the only people he could hang out. I'm not trying to make every one of this Every one of these scriptures apply specifically to your life. But have you ever been in a place where you're just hanging out with the only people you can hang out with? You're just sort of stuck with your crew, right? <laughs> or, or maybe they feel like they're stuck with you. I don't know how that's going to play out. But, I mean, here's the bottom line. There was a Samaritan. He was a part of the ten. And they cried out to Jesus. Now, we know that Jesus would approach lepers because in Luke chapter 5, he healed the leper. He touched the leper. This wasn't about Jesus keeping them at a distance, but maybe he was just on his way and Jesus said, go to the priest, show yourself to the priest. Now, why this? Because leprosy was such a vile disease, unless they could prove to the priest that they were cleansed and clean, 
then and only then could they be allowed back into community. And even that took about eight days. There was a process of them proving they were clean. So as they were being introduced back into the community, it would take time. But these men, they were just hoping for any chance at all. And they cried out to Jesus, and Jesus says, uh, go and show yourself to the priest. He didn't, see, he didn't say, behold. He didn't say, if you have faith. He just said, go show yourself. And the Bible says, while they were going, they were cleansed. And we know the story, right? One comes back to Jesus, the Samaritan. He comes down and he falls on his face. And he begins to worship and give him thanks. Now, this isn't about making us feel so guilty about what God has done that we don't give him thanks enough. So we're going to fall on our faces and give him thanks. Which, by the way, it's not that that's not a good idea. It's not that you shouldn't consider that on a regular basis. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think we've gotten a little bit too um, proud to bend the knee. I think to a great extent, it's too much like surrender to bend the knee. Does it send the right signals to people around us? If, if I'm bending the knee, there must be something wrong. There is something wrong. <laughs> Listen. I'm not, I'm not saying this to try to push a button, but I'm on bended knee every day. Um, I'm on bended knee every day. Why? Because I know how broken my life is. And without him, I'm nothing. And see, he comes back to him and on his face begins to give him thanks. But I find it interesting that Jesus' words were not, what a man of faith. His initial words were, weren't there ten? Where are the nine? And that tells me a couple of things. First of all, it tells me that Jesus know, knew they were cleansed. Because when Jesus says, go and do something, the answer is already on the way. Jesus knows. You don't have to sweat it. You don't have to panic. You don't have to live frustrated. You don't have to live in fear. Uh, I, 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 I'm speaking to myself. I'm preaching to myself. How many times have we found ourselves living in fear and living in anxiety when the Lord's already given us the answer, but we're just not going to give thanks. We're not going to praise him. We're not going to accept it. We're not going to feel comfortable until everything's ironed out. Listen, a part of our growth is learning how to live with a few wrinkles. Not everything gets ironed out. That's called heaven. When everything makes sense and everybody stops hurting your feelings and, and you're able to forgive everyone and have no, uh, that's all when you get to heaven. Uh, while we're here, God just wants us to learn like we're in heaven on earth and trust him and learn how to forgive here even when it's tough. Learn how to trust him even when things, things don't make sense. So Jesus says, where are the nine? That tells me a second thing. He keeps score. I know there were ten of you that I blessed. I see one. Where's everybody else? I blessed a whole lot more than one. Okay. 
I think this is where the guilt kicks in. No, we're not throwing out guilt. This isn't about making you feel guilty. This is about, I wonder sometimes, let's remember about, about leprosy real quick. It doesn't start on the outside and work its way inside. It starts on the inside and works its way outside. And see, my, the greatest thing that I battle is sometimes, by God's help, I look okay on the outside. But I'm still not feeling it on the inside. I can walk in blessing, but my heart's not changed. I, I can walk and we can attend church. We can be a part of church. We can bring turkeys. We can bring cranberry sauce. Two packs of butter. It's the least that I can do, right? <laughs> we can bring butter. You can do all the things you think are spiritual, but on the inside, and please, I'm just being brutally honest this morning, so please, if I mess up your feelings about who I am, that's not what's important anyway, right? Because I even, Diane was cooking dinner last night, and I was watching the news, which is always not a, it's not a good thing sometimes. So I'm watching the news, and quite honestly, I'm seeing all the different food drives going on. There's food drives going on everywhere. And while they're showing this one food drive, I'm just looking at the cars going through this food drive. And something inside me says, what? People are driving those cars and picking up boxes? Who's really got a need here? And so I said, Diane, please, please tell me. Am I, am I being insensitive? Am I being like a pain in the neck or, you know? You know, when, when, everybody, when anybody has to ask you that, they already know the answer. I'm looking for, like, a supernatural word from my wife saying, no, you're fine. No, not going <laughs> to Didn't happen, right? Why? Because even I know, John, you know, the Lord sort of in a beautiful way is saying, what business is it of yours? You just do what I've told you to do, right? Just, just like Peter. When he was telling Peter, hey, what about John? Aren't you going to straighten him out too? Now, in Peter's defense, he got straightened out a lot, right? But, but even when Peter said, what about John? Aren't you going to deal with him? Jesus' words lovingly to Peter were, mind your own business. Sometimes when we see things that don't make sense, sometimes when we see things in the world around us, and here's why we get in trouble, we compare ourselves to each other. That's why, and just hear me out for a second, the greatest, one of the greatest challenges I believe that our American culture faces is a spirit of entitlement. Nobody's, nobody feels like they're blessed because we all feel like we deserve. And see, if you feel like you deserve something, you never feel like you have anything because you always want to have more. That's why we can look at our culture and listen, we can say things and hear things. We can look around the world and look at ourselves and we are all walking around more blessed. We all drove here today. If, you're, if you walk, correct me at the church. But we probably all drove here today. Nine times out of ten, you live in a home that has running water, clean water. You prayerfully took showers this morning. You have, you have food and access to it. 
We're not going home today fearing for our life. And I'm not trying to make us feel guilty. I'm just saying, with all those blessings, we still have a tendency to feel like something's missing. I need more stuff. I need more stuff. I need a bigger house. I need more stuff for the house. I need this. I need this. And, and, and I'm not picking on anybody. So we live in a constant remodeling of the outer shell. And we don't realize the blessings we're walking in because on the inside, we're still numb. So when Jesus, maybe I'm just speaking to myself this morning, when Jesus says, where are the nine? He speaks right to me. Because I, I, I can see the other nine. They understood that Jesus had spoken his word. They, with excitement, ran. They, were, they couldn't wait to get to the priest, I'm sure. We don't know the rest of that story, but what we do know is they didn't come back. Why? Because getting to the priest meant that the process of being accepted back into the community was going to happen. And I, I just couldn't wait to get back to my grandchildren. I couldn't wait to get back to my wife. I couldn't wait to get back to the to social interaction because that's so important. I wouldn't be willing to say, man, I can't wait to prove it to that stupid preacher that I'm finally clean. Right? Sort of like, let's rub it in a little bit. He worked so hard to kick us out, now he's going to have to take us back in. You know, whatever the attitude is, it's not gratitude. And I find, I find myself coming up with a lot of excuses about how we get sort of wrapped up. But, but here's the bottom line. The one who was made well was laying at the feet of Jesus. Well, how do we, how do we, how do we live a life like that? It's like anything we talk about here at the church. We come here to worship. We want to experience Christ, and we do. Sometimes we... We always have to live it out by faith, but sometimes we can tangibly even feel his presence. But then when we leave, here's how other people experience Jesus Christ, even in the body of Christ. It's through you. It's through you. You want your children to experience Christ? Be Christ. You want your children to experience love and gentleness and kindness? Let that be seen in your life. You want... You want the world to see a church that's blessed beyond measure, even if we don't have everything the world has? Be grateful for what you have. Now, that, I know that sounds sort of like a parent to a child. Just be grateful for what you have. You don't appreciate anything. Now, let's pray. Right? <laughs> that doesn't work. Your children don't feel more blessed when they get lectured, right? But I wonder what it means, I wonder what it means, though, for us. Am I making sense? I wonder what it means when, when we're walking away and we suddenly realize, man, something's changed. I can feel something. I, I believe this Samaritan started feeling something on the inside that he had not felt in a long time. Maybe it was he finally felt his foot hit the ground. Maybe he finally felt his hand that he hadn't been able to feel in a long time hit his side. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. But what we do know is the Samaritan came back. Now, this is where, and I'm not going to be much longer, but this is where it gets a little tricky because Samaritans believed in a God. They just weren't looking for a Messiah. 
the Jews were looking for a Messiah. They just didn't believe Jesus was God. So the Jews, they were going to go see the priest. The Samaritan came to see the only priest that mattered. They were going to the temple to be accepted. The Samaritan was coming to the Lord to be loved. He knew he was already accepted. But he, he also knew somehow supernaturally the temple wasn't the answer. Jesus was the answer. I wonder sometimes, and please, I think the gathered church is powerfully needed. But I wonder sometimes if, if we just started saying, you know what, Lord? I don't know why we're going through the circumstances we're going in going through but thank you because lord i know you're right here with me but more importantly lord wherever you are that's where i'm going to be why because it's not about the four walls of the church it's wherever jesus is he is the temple the holy spirit resides in us i should be grateful when i'm at home now listen everything i'm saying right now is easy to live here can i get an amen i mean it's sunday when people walk in the door, it's like, you know, fake smiles and everything's good. You know, not that your smiles are fake. But every, you know, nobody's going to come in on Sunday. Yeah, this week's terrible. Because it's Sunday. We're supposed to be, everybody's beautiful. Everything's great. There's no problems in the world. And that's not called reality. By faith, his mercies are new every morning. That, that we can build our lives on him. But for anyone here to be acting like they have no problems in life, that might be called a good day, but just hold on. Now, I'm saying that because what does life look like tomorrow? Now, I'm not trying to always push this on you guys, but see, the enemy could care less if we all look good on Sunday morning. It's what are we going to look like and act on Monday morning? What are we going to look like and act on Tuesday morning? Because what the world will see is someone who appears to have their act together, but on the inside can still feel nothing. And we will still move toward the things that are dangerous in our lives because our inner life tells us nothing's going on. So you can be touching something, you can be doing something that is destroying you, and you don't even know it. And you wake up and... Leprosy terminology, your hand's gone. What happened? You can't feel anything on the inside. You're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I hope I'm making sense. Well, how, how do we fix that? The Samaritan came back, and the big difference is he came to Jesus, and he was thankful. That's really the only change that happened. Instead of going somewhere else for the answer, he came to Jesus. Instead of continuing to the priest or continuing to a place of worship, he came back to Jesus, fell on his face because he realized, call it a revelation, call it common sense. He realized Jesus is the answer. And when he said thank you, the simple words, and I know some will take this because depending on your theological bent on salvation, uh, they want to make this word, and it can mean so many different things, but in this word well there can mean saved, it can mean whole. But Jesus, when he cleanses them, doesn't mean you're saved. They were cleansed or healed and whole. 
Now, what does that mean? Don't raise your hands on this one. How many of us, we go to church every week, but we're not whole? We even try to pray, but there's something missing. Well, I gave my life to the Lord, but I, and why am I so miserable? I gave my life to the Lord, but why don't I have joy? I prayed for joy. Why? And I'm just speaking for myself. Boy, I, I feel like I'm covering a lot of turf this morning, blaming myself, but you know who I'm talking about, right? Um, why am I so depressed? Why am I so fearful? Listen, I've, I've been going through a journey the last two years of brutal fear. I'm not looking for sympathy when I say this. You, you've been going through journeys too. But in my own person, and it's not even COVID related. You know, COVID. This is more of a personal thing in my own personal life where as soon as the devil hits me with a thought, it keeps me in bondage for four days at a time. And it's not about something I did, so it's not like, wonder what he's up to. No, it's not about what I did. It's something that happened a long time ago that I've not let, I've not let go of. And that long time ago, I, I might look Christ-like on the outside, if you will. You know what I'm saying? It may not look leprous on the outside, but on the inside, I can't feel nothing but that pain that a long time ago was dealt with, but if I don't let it go, there goes a hand. There goes a foot. And I wonder why, Lord, I'm your child. Why am I limping like this? Lord, I'm, I'm your child. Why isn't there joy? I see people at church and they have joy and they can worship you. I don't even want to be there. Because on the inside, How do you fix that? <clears throat> this isn't going to sound spiritual, but if you have a pen or your phone and you want to type this in, text this to somebody you think needs it, whatever. Um, before Thursday, for sure, sit down. Now, you've got to be intentional about this because it doesn't happen naturally. But sit down and just start making a list of how God has blessed your life. I, th I thank God for, and just start making a list. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for my children. Now listen, I don't care how you feel about your children. I don't care how you feel about your parents. You know, because without them, you wouldn't be here. So even if your parent is a rascal, thank God for the rascals. Thank God, thank God for that issue. Um, I just forgot the evangelist's name, but a well-known writer and evangelist many years ago was robbed at gunpoint. He wasn't beaten, but they took his wallet. But he got down that night and he wrote this prayer. He said, Lord, I thank you that the only thing that was taken was my wallet, not my life. I thank you, Lord, that even though they got all of my wallet, there really wasn't anything in my wallet, so they didn't get a lot. In other words, his whole prayer was, I thank you. He even said, Lord, 
I thank you that it was me who got robbed and not the man who robbed me. In other words, he was trying to find ways to make sure he was thankful for what was taking place. Now, true confessions. If somebody, if somebody in here was robbed on the way home, we already know what that was going to be going down like, right? I'm getting my gun. Where's my, where's my carry permit? I'm going to find them. Call the cops right now. Now, listen. All I'm saying is, what about being very intentional about being things, finding things to be thankful for? And write them down. Start writing them down. And then the next time you pray, pull that list out. Before you pray, pull that list out. I'm not telling you that after the first day that you pray this, you're going to be totally delivered. But I'll bet by the eighth day, you'll start realizing, you know what? I am blessed. Those, those, those stories that I listen to, I'm telling you, if you listen to the news and the media enough, Pastor, are you telling us to stop watching television? Yes. Save yourselves. Because if you just keep watching the news, and, and even if you're sitting there saying, oh, that's not, I don't believe that part. That, that, all you're doing is trying to filter garbage. Well, Pastor, don't you want us to know the news that's going on in the world? Yes, but exactly how do you plan on doing it when every news station has its own version? I'm, I'm telling you, it's more probable that you're going to stay in the Bible, stay in the Word of God, stay listening to Him, and when you get surprised by stuff in the world, you won't be shaken. You won't be fearful. Because even right now, we're getting ready to go to... Uh, uh, trap, most of us can be traveling quite a bit. We're staying right here. But a lot of you, if you're getting on a plane and you were watching the news, and out of one airport in the world, they showed you what happened in an airport in Atlanta. That happened. So it's, it's the nursery. They're okay. <laughs> Charges won't stick, I'm sure. Here's, here's, what's, here's what's happening. One gun accidentally goes off in the airport and everybody is now fearing for their life um listen i'm not saying don't be careful i'm just saying don't live in fear goodness gracious um if you let that fear sink in and you're saying pastor i'm closing pastor how in the world you don't know what i've been going through you don't know what's been happening in my life my life has been turned upside down i've experienced pain i've experienced abandonment listen I promise you, he'll meet you where you are. He'll meet you where you are. I'm not promising you that life's going to turn into a bed of roses. But I will promise you that no matter what you're going through, he'll be right there with you. That no matter what you're experiencing, and when you come to him thanking him, you know, Philippians says it like this, that in all things, give thanks. And you've heard this so many times. It's not for all things. You're not thanking him for the circumstances. But I promise you this, he'll meet you in the midst of them. And even in the midst of your circumstances, you'll find ways to be able to thank him. But you have to be intentional. I can't explain this, but there's something that happens in your mind, literally. That when you start 
determining to find gratitude. Your mind be, you know, we, we want to be happy when we feel happy. No. You'll become happy when you have gratitude. When you start to choose to have gratitude, choose to be thankful, choose to give praise, not just to anything, but choose to give praise to him. There's something happened that it builds your faith, it builds your confidence, it builds your outlook. It refocuses your, your sight line. Your equilibrium seems to come back into balance. So knowing that God has touched us and blessed us in so many ways, I wonder if maybe on the inside we need a good dose of gratitude that really isn't brought by God moving in us and we suddenly feel something. Please, I know that can happen. That happens to so many of us in services sometimes. We get that emotional rush, but listen, if we're not careful, that's what we're waiting on. We're waiting on that rush so we can feel like we've had church. No, Um, a Samaritan had church at the feet of Jesus when he found him. It wasn't about a great feeling. It was about a revelation of who Jesus was. When we understand who Jesus is, he's already blessed us. He's paid the price for our sin. But really, have I really surrendered myself? Have I really embraced what God wants to do in my life? And in spite of that, I'm I'm thankful. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Let's all stand together. And please, I'm not, maybe you have some family traditions, but I would encourage you this week, let this be your step of faith this week. I'm not trying to coerce anyone to do anything, but write down a list. But here's, you want to mess up the family dinner on Thursday? Before you pray, go around the table and just say, what are you thankful for? Now listen, I'm parents especially, I promise you, because I've been this child who's going to just start praying, God, please, just get him to pray the blessing. We don't have time for this, we're hungry. But I, I also promise you, it's more life-changing than you think. Because number one, everybody's got to think. What am I thankful for? But then take time to share it. And then bless that meal like it's your last one. Bless that meal like like you know God himself has provided it. He goes, listen, in the crazy world that we live in, it's not about we're going to go through worse things. We're going to go through worse things. It's about is our trust going to be in him and our eyes on him and in spite of our circumstances, be thankful. Amen. Am I making sense? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, sometimes following you is, is really a faith that's lived out by small actions. We don't earn our salvation. But Lord, sometimes the the paddles of life that pump the energy back into the heart are simple steps that we take. Lord, I pray that, that if there's anyone in here that feels like they can't feel anything, 
Let them just by faith to walk this out. Write those blessings down. Name them one by one. Lord, that all the brothers and sisters here today would just take time to write out some blessings. Let the list go on. And Lord, not because we deserve it, not because you're, you're making sure we're going to do something for you. It's, it's, Lord, it's not even about trying to earn something. It changes us. And Lord, I pray that this week begin a week, Lord, that doesn't just get celebrated on Thursday, but Lord, as we go into the holidays, as we go into Christmas, as we go into a new year, we move as people of thanks, giving. Lord, because when we learn to give thanks, you can get all of us. We'll give anything, Lord, because we know that when you are a part of it, lives are changed, and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you bless this week. I thank you for the food that's been given. Lord, I pray for the families that are in need. I pray for the families that we will touch. I pray for the families that are here. I pray for the families as we gather throughout this week that your Holy Spirit would just guide and direct. And Lord, as we just walk out these little exercises, it not be about getting things done. It's about watching what you have done. And we celebrate that. Now we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And before you leave, please shake hands with some people. I know we already had a fellowship time, but I really want to encourage you. Uh, let someone know how thankful you are for them. Okay? Even if it's a stranger, you're not telling a lie. Amen. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.